Welcome back to All Things Acura. I'm Matt. And I'm Justin. And welcome back. It's been a while since we last talked to you. Talked, Justin, right? We, I think I, it's been a while. At least a few minutes. Wow, at least a few minutes. Jeez, maybe a couple hours. Right. Um, but anyway, so again, like we talked about in our previous episode, we kind of wanted to get uh, back to, you know, talking about the different cars. I know for a while we talked about the Integra. We had like different, different news things that kind of came up. And what we wanted to do was kind of give our feedback on our cars. It's something that we've, I think, Part of what we wanted to do originally, um, you know. Yeah, I think ago. that's where we kind of started yeah. with the idea of getting information out to people and stuff. Yeah. But then, you know, during that COVID and inventory problems, and I think we just shifted gears a little bit because you want to get what's relative, right? And at the time, inventory, availability mm -hmm. of cars. That's fair. Was relative. And so was the Integra, right? Everybody it, wanted to know about the Integra. Right. If yeah. there was one comment that wish we got paid for was when's <laughs> the type s integra coming out right or when's your zdx coming don't start asking that right that's that one that's, that's not a thing we're gonna yet. talk down the road <laughs> right we're not gonna this, do that this one is all gonna be about the acura mdx and we want to really dive in and give you a little behind the scenes mm -hmm. on our thoughts of the mdx over you know this generation now this is the fourth generation of the mdx yeah um which has been out since 2001 by the way yeah, um, yeah. Car of the okay. year. Oh, that's right. Car of the year. Yeah, like just the like tie the in there. Huh? <laughs> that was the only other car I think that we had one car yeah, of the year, right? The only okay. other Acura to get. Acura, yeah, whatever. North American car of the year. Or, or SUV. Was it? It was I don't know truck. what it was back then. Was it a truck? Wow. Were they considered a truck back then? I think it was. Truck. I didn't look at that. It was truck Interesting. There's only two categories back then. Yeah, if you watch our last episode, it was we, truck. I'm we did talk positive. about the Integra. I'm done saying that word, I promise. Um, winning the North American car of the year. And we went through and showed uh, and looked at the previous Acuras. And there was a couple here and there that were nominated and they got up there, but the MDX back in 2001 was the last time. So that's kind of neat. And so. it, it was, it was earth-changing. Earth yeah, for sure, back then. Back then. So yeah. what happened and where the MDX kind of came from is, uh, and we're going to go back a while, and now we call them all crossovers and CUVs and all these other terms that you have for these sport utilities these days. But that was one of the first ones on the market that was an actual unibody construction. Yeah. And nobody had done that. Right. And I yeah. don't know if anybody had done that yet in a seven-passenger vehicle, three-row vehicle. So Acura kind of was groundbreaking in that respect. I don't know if there was another well, one. Well, it's a derivative of the Isuzu. Was it the Trooper? Well, see, those, the Isuzu? those were platforms they were borrowing right. off of Isuzu. And then they created <laughs> right. their own. Yeah. And they, those were truck-based. Well, right? I didn't know if those were truck-based or not. Yeah, I they guess were. It was bike. Yeah. So, then the actor came out with the first unibody, and, right. and that kind of was a big shock to the industry. Now they all are. I mean, virtually, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, hard to buy it right. otherwise. So. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about how far the MDX has come. And the fact that it's been around for so long just kind of goes to tell you, you know, how great this car has been for the past couple of decades. I mean, really, it's been a mainstay for Acura. It's Acura's bread and butter. It's what they do, honestly, the best out of everything. And it's probably, over all those years, probably been the leader in that category, especially yeah. the luxury brand category. Now, right. there's a lot of other ones out there, and we'll talk about that a little bit through this. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna talk about, we're gonna really get into the nitty gritty because um, it it's a hard vehicle to beat up. It yeah. does a lot of things really well. Yeah. And Acura knows that, and when they redesign it, they're very careful to make sure that they don't ruin the formula. Yeah, that's right? a that's a great point. And and again, what we're here to do is give kind of our take on the car as honest as we can be. You know, we don't 
obviously we work here at Acura, but we all drive kind of different things. And it's about making sure that when you guys are doing the research out there for the vehicle, that we're giving you, you know, our honest feedback and review. And part of that is going to be, you know, what our customers tell us about the vehicle, whether they like or dislike certain things about the vehicle. So part of this might feel like it's kind of beating it up a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, but we also want to point out the things that are, you know, make the car what it is and why it's such an important car for Acura and why it's a great car to potentially consider. So starting off the top, and this is a hard list to kind of where do we start, but I think what everybody likes first or likes to look at first is just how the car looks. Like if, <laughs> right. if you don't like how it looks, yeah. it's not going on your list. Right. Like it's never going to yeah. be on your radar. Yep. And I think Acura did a, a nice job with it. Yep. Knock it out of the park, maybe not. I think they're a little conservative, but they are conservative. Yeah. But I think they went one step above what they did with the last generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, for let's, sure. Let's get a little more aggressive on, on, on the looks of it. And, and through some of the different packages, you can get a couple kind of different looking ones depending on where you want, want to go with it. Yeah, and I think they did a great job of, like you said, the styling. The styling is subjective, so everyone's gonna, someone might say, hey, that's ugly or not, whatever. I think they did a great job, as I have one right behind me here. The lines on it are phenomenal. I know when they talked about the redesign, like how, where the windshield, um, with where the windshield comes down against the car it's not like kind of like an awkward position everything seems to be proportioned very well and i know when the car first came in we had a video literally about that um talking about the proportions of the vehicle how much better they look the sculpting of the hood you know the previous generation acuras in general just didn't have all that extra styling that you kind of see in this vehicle um so i think the styling is phenomenal on a lot of fronts I, there's only a handful of things that i i don't necessarily like but i'll let you kind of if there's anything else you want to no i and i i agree i they made the car a touch longer <laughs> which i love and i hate yeah uh, and and what i yeah. love about it you know is is it probably needed to be a little mm -hmm. bit bigger um, that's the other piece of the MDX that, uh, and we, there's a lot, a lot of rabbit holes we can go down, but it, <laughs> it really is what I consider a really good size. Like it's yeah. a, that's a, that's a, where, where's my porridge at? Is it too hot, too yeah. cold? It's really hard to say, you know, what size should this, this category fall in? There's a lot of them out there in this category. We'll talk about some of the different yeah. competitors and stuff that are out there. So you don't want to make it too big because then the vehicle, you'll lose some of the, sport performance that yep. Acura tries to hang on to. Yep, for sure. With it, uh, and then you make it too small, then you lose the space inside and the functionality goes out the window. Yeah, so. absolutely. And even some of these bigger SUVs, which again, I'm not trying to get out there yet, but like you, just because they're bigger doesn't mean you gain more interior space. And I sure. think Acura has done a good job of that balance. Um, obviously styling comes into that because you have to maintain you know, some of that styling, if, you, if you're if you looking at like a pilot, which I'm not trying to get into other cars yet, but like a car that people consider because it's bigger, you know, you lose that styling, I think, of what you kind of want out of the out of Oh, an well, I, I so, agree. And you look at some of the, you know, higher end SUVs that are sporty looking per yeah. se, and you know, functionality you lose, yeah. like you lose space in the yeah. back when you start to rake the roof line. And, right, that's and exactly, that's so, what happens. Yeah. You know, it might look cool, but you right. lose a lot of functionality. Yeah, and, and to go, and with the styling, again, I, I had a hard time with this one because I think this MDX is the best, well, it's obviously the best looking MDX I think they've ever made. But like some of the little things, you know, when it comes to, you know, I, again, this is a nitpick, but like the, um, the plastic around the wheel wells, you know, that's something that kind of... I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I don't like it. And I, I've, I've always, it's, a, it's kind of been a pet peeve of mine over the years. 
ironically, we're seeing cladding go off the charts through a lot of manufacturers. Yeah. Like they, they think that that's like a new, yeah, new thing. That was GM in the '80s. I mean, cladding everywhere, mm -hmm. right? Half the car was cladding, and so now they're putting <laughs> that on. I I think we might, and I could be wrong, but I, I think they might do something with that in the mid-model refresh with the MDX. Interesting, okay, I, I'd be happy about that. You know, the one thing that they do on the Advanced Type S, which if you haven't seen the Advanced Type S, it's actually like a painted plastic around yeah. the wheel well, which, you know, it's still black, but it looks better but, for one. But it, but it answers the question, were they thinking about that? See, when they change it yeah. for an upper yeah. model, it says, <laughs> well, we know that that's not as premium as oh, maybe as it should point. be. Yeah, right? I didn't think about that way, so, yeah, for sure. So I, I think that maybe we can see Something like that down the road, or maybe the upper trims. I know in the Vance model of the of the yesteryear, of yep. the previous generation, they did. Yeah, that lower color. trim was yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I almost forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, little things like that. The other the other little thing that I wasn't crazy about. They have those fake air vents in the front, yeah. which I think originally, um, this, as the story kind of goes, I think they meant to be. Well, actual. yeah. Well, so what <laughs> so. what happened there? And I, I agree with you. I hate fake pieces like that. What we're talking about, by the way, is like in the front of the car, if you look at the front of the car, there's these kind of, they were supposed to be vents that help the aerodynamics of the car. And uh, you can kind of see where they should have been. Well, right? I think they're, the they're, <clears throat> they send air to the brakes or the, yeah, to whatever, the wheels, wheels and, or whatever. Yeah. And what happened is in their wind tunnel testing, <laughs> yeah. as the story goes, we're not engineers, it actually <laughs> got worse performance when they had the vents, so they closed yeah. them. Yeah. I like the looks of them, but right. I, I'm not big on non-functional yeah, things and I get like that. The, the story kind of lends itself to like, I can't like, well, I don't want to hate on it too much, but again, that's a nitpick. It's just one of those little things that just like, you know, people have asked that. Again, going back to what customers say, they're like, why did they close this off here? Well, that's the story behind that. So, and as far as the styling goes, I don't think there's anything else. I'm glad they brought back the exhaust tips, which I think they did in the previous one, but these are more real yeah, than the other right. ones. So. I do, and I do like the exhaust tips. I. I think there's some room for improvement on the exhaust Sure. <laughs> They're just, I'm glad, we're glad they brought them back. And yeah. I think that's why we're excited about them. But I think there's room for improvement. I'm not a big fan of bigger exhaust when they're when you're, the other pipe is just kind of sticking in there. Yeah. And Acura was always good at, that was part of it, sure. right? They, it was attached. Yeah, they it like wasn't, welded it on or It whatever. wasn't a simulator. And this one, I, I don't know that it's attached. It is, I think it is attached, but it, it, the proportions don't look yeah, right if you look at it, it yeah. again, we're nitpicking, but like if you look at it, these are things that are going to bother us. You know, most customers are probably going to like look past that. But again, we're here to, you know, tell you about the little little things of the car. So that's, I do. Love, I love the headlights. I love yeah. the headlight oh, design. Yeah, sure. I like that they went with LED headlights across the board. Right, yep. you didn't have to move up to a different package to get that. I like that they <clears> stuck with that. And overall, with this content in this vehicle, we'll talk about through here. They did a really nice job of of putting a lot of nice content yeah. on it standard for sure um they where they might have missed there's a couple places they might have missed i like the different trim packages as we get into that we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute powertrain oh you want to do powertrain first I, okay i think might we, as well we, knock we, it out of the yeah. park yeah okay so uh, here's what i love about so this is again a love-hate relationship i have with this car and that has changed over the years but the powertrain obviously the 3.5 liter great engine that Honda and Acura used for years. So it's hard to argue with not using that kind of, you know, that powertrain um, or without using that engine. The, the transmission that goes along with that, phenomenal. I think that's a huge upgrade 
over the past nine speed, which I know a lot of people, that was a major that was a pain problem point. with the old um, one, right. You know, and obviously that, I know we're not talking about the older ones, but as far as pain point goes with customers, that was a pain point, especially early on. Now, as we got kind of closer in the 19s and 20s, it wasn't as much of an issue, but you know, 16, 17, yeah. um, definitely something to kind of keep an eye out for if you're looking at one as a certified pre-owned. Um, but it's hard to argue with that engine, <laughs> you know? So, so I agree mm -hmm. on the conservative side. Yeah. You want to put something in there. I don't <laughs> I agree that you bring out a completely redesigned vehicle and then you take the engine off the shelf and say, put it in there and yeah. really don't make any changes to it. Like give it 10 more horsepower. Sure. Give it, give it, <laughs> give it something to yeah. say, oh, this is improved. And it really didn't. I mean, right. I literally just took that same engine and put it in the car. <laughs> now that's us. I know that there's probably, that engine is, is sufficient. It, has power it's reliable it's you know yeah definitely reliable matter of fact it might be on the top 10 engines you know oh, yeah ever maybe made. top five yeah, yeah. for sure I mean, as far as as far terms of that but i think they went just a little conservative on that i think so side. too even if they bumped at five you know horsepower from the previous one you know as a salesperson you have to hang your hat on certain things and the thing I hang my hat on is the fact that hey, it's a great it's a great motor. It's going to last a long time. You know, it's been it's a, probably a thirty year old motor, right? Essentially. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You want to be able to say, hey, this is an it's the same engine, but they improved a little bit. They made it more efficient. They made it more a little right. bit more powerful. You know, all those little talking yeah, points. Yeah, it feels that like you they, 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 they they spent their budget <laughs> on everything else, yeah, and maybe. then they got to this, and they like, yep, guys. Sorry, you're going to get the same. <laughs> you're going to get, get the same engine. We redid that transmission though, and uh, to their defense on that transmission, they knocked it out of the park. Yep, I yet to drive a vehicle. Period. I don't care what it is. You can yeah. BMWs, Mercedes doesn't that has a transmission that drives as well as that. Yeah, the early gears have great torque. You know, you you it so it feels faster. I think that's something that's yeah. a little. You know, obviously horsepower is one thing, and that, that's what it. And when you're when you're shopping as a customer, that's what you're kind of looking at. You're saying, "Hey, this car has X amount of more horsepower. It's 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 going to be better." But that's not necessarily the case, right? Weight, um, transmission has a lot to do with that. So that was a big, a huge difference, and it makes a big difference in the, the shift points are better, um, the acceleration feels better, you know, the overall smoothness. It's a phenomenal transmission. So um, you know, hats off to Acura on that part of it for sure. And so then, then they came out with the Type S yeah. to open up that lineup yeah. with the larger engine, smaller engine, turbo, whatever, yeah. more power. Right. right. Yeah, smaller engine, more power. Um, obviously, it's turbocharged. And, you know, it's a common misconception out there. We, I, and this is kind of going back to people shopping. I hear people say twin turbo a lot. It is not. No, and I no. think originally, I think that might have been like some of the original rumors that it was yeah. going to be twin turbo yeah. or something. But that is not the case. It's a single turbo. It's a three liter. I'm actually not even sure if the same engine from, remember the hybrid? Had yeah. a three liter. I don't yep. know if it's the same engine I don't, or not. I but. think it is. I but it's a twin <clears throat> scroll turbo. Twin scroll. It? Yeah, and right. I think that's what that yeah. trips people up as mm -hmm. they as they think that. Well, it's different. interesting because the RDX is a mono scroll, so like it's you know why. So I love the offering of the Type yeah. S. Everything about the Type S. I don't like that they came in two packages, yep. which we'll talk about packages here yeah. in, in a minute. The only thing I don't like about the Type S is that it's it's a little outside the mainstream. In other words, it's it's more unique, which. I love unique cars, but if someone came in and said this MDX doesn't have enough power, yeah, I, I get one of these, and they're right now they're hard to come by. But number two is the cost. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge jump. You're absolutely right, and I know that kind of goes to more like the uh, you know the different packages that 
that kind of come along comes along with the Acura, which I want to kind of get into more in a minute. But like just one more thing on the powertrain, the super handling all-wheel drive. Um, this is, I believe, with the uh, MDX is the fourth generation of that system. Same thing with the RDX. So, oh yeah, you know yeah. that's that's something obviously Acura has developed forever. It's I don't know why they don't market it more. If you're shopping for an Acura and or really any car, the all-wheel drive system is phenomenal, and that's that's and I will nitpick the car. That is not something that is is bad on Acura. It's one of the best ones out there. Yeah, so. and we can't stress it enough. We'll we'll do a, <laughs> we'll do a whole show on it just because I don't think people understand how good of a how good of an all-wheel drive system it, it is. Yep. And that it's included with these, whereas other manufacturers, there's all, still only a couple that have yeah. a true torque vectoring all-wheel drive system. Yep. And it's uh, it's still an option or upgrade on those vehicles yep. even out there. You know, people have all their taglines for their all-wheel drive system, and yeah, that's and right. That's it's right. so rare that you find one that works as well as this. And it's phenomenal. I, I can't. Ooh, if you have a chance <laughs> right. to drive one, one of these cars, yeah. when. You know, we have people that come out sometimes in the, we're here in Northeastern Ohio, so we get, we get lake effect snow, we get some pretty good snow. And you really want to see, you know, how well this power, that all wheel drive system works is get out on a snowy road and see. And we have a lot of people say, well, I don't want to drive it when it's like this. Well, that's when you want to drive one. Right, Because yeah. it blows your mind how well it works, especially when you compare it to other cars out there that yeah. have all wheel drive. Yeah. And it, I can, that's something I, I know when I first started working here eight, eight years ago, you were like, you know, it's not just for like adverse weather. I mean, the other big part of the super handling all-wheel yeah. drive is quite literally the fact that it's called super handling all-wheel drive. It is phenomenal in drive payment. In fact, that's probably where it shines the most. You know, it's like as well as it does in the wintertime, it does that much better in the summer in terms of handling and performance. I mean, it is by far the, the top thing that Acura, I think, does the best. Why they don't try to do a better job of tagline in it or advertising it better? I, I don't know, but promise, trust me on, on, trust us on that one. That is the way to go. And I think that's the other knock it gets uh, as a vehicle in its class is A, it's available as a front drive model if you choose. Right. Now there's lim they've limited that to now yeah. just a couple trims. Um, and it is primarily a front drive platform with a super handling all wheel drive. But even the critics, have a hard time knocking the yeah. super handling all-wheel mm -hmm. drive and how well it is and they they kind of forgive the fact that it's not a rear drive bias yeah yeah because that's what super handling all-wheel drive kind of gives you the i don't want to say the feel of i know it's a different thing but at the same time it can put that power to the back and again we could talk about this all day long and i don't want to i just didn't want to there's there i don't think there's anything i've ever seen to complain about that um with that car so definitely something to and obviously it's hard to not get one without super or yeah without super handling on wheel drive so so packages <clears throat> yeah content um so there's good and bad to this right mm -hmm. just like mm -hmm. everything but yep. the the good is that the packages are simple they're laid out they're straightforward when you're buying one you know exactly what you're getting with that package yeah so Acura does not do a free flow options like most almost all manufacturers yeah. i mean other i mean other than honda, honda yeah, which is their right. sister brand but you can't free flow options so you're not always getting a different car when it when you get one of those it's pretty standard of what you're going to get on that car which is right good and bad <laughs> right it's great you know i think from a it's great from a sales and a shopping standpoint point just simply because you know if you're shopping for one you say hey i know i'm going to get a tech package and this is something that if you're not familiar with Acura's and you're shopping other brands and you say, well, I want to see, and I have customers ask me this, I want to see a window sticker on that car, or I want to see this or that. I'm like, 
Um, well, <laughs> a tech package is a, a tech, tech package. Right. If I said it's a tech package, it's going to have the same thing as the other one that you looked at, right? right? Other than if a dealer, and I go, this is a whole separate thing, if a dealer added that stuff, which is a totally different thing, whether it be like all season mats or splash guards, whatever the case might be. But a tech package is going to have the same features across the board. Now, my gripe with the, how the packages are set up, and I think, again, they do a good job, is I think they just need to offer something more like in between and one thing i thought about was i always kind of wish there was like some kind of um a weather uh winter weather package or all season package because you know there's people that get a tech package and on this this is going to sound kind of dumb because it, i i use the same argument against myself <laughs> here so but like maybe it has like second row heated seats and maybe it has a heated steering wheel as a part of a tech package because if not you're spending six to seven grand more actually more now than just to get those two features, right? And you can't ha add a heated second row seat, for example, but, you know. Right, you have to jump up <clears throat> to the, the advanced, which is, you know, top of the yeah, line. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to spend all that extra money, but charge 1500 to $2,000, I might just do that just because I don't want to spend $65,000 on that car. And that's the downside of the packaging, yeah. right? That's, that's mm -hmm. what you run into. I do like the tech package. Uh, that's our most common. It's very nicely equipped. The yeah. A-Spec giving it the different look with the black out trim, mm -hmm. the black, you know, no more chrome, taking yeah. all that off. I love that they're offering that, and I know a lot of manufacturers are. Uh, the advanced package kind of coming with all the bells and whistles. I think they're missing that there's no A-Spec advanced. Oh, yeah, I saw trip. you had yeah. written that down. That's a really great point. The RDX, I know I'm not trying to talk about the other car, but the RDX has an advanced A-Spec because they realized the consumers wanted the look of that but they with didn't, the yeah, exactly, features, with yeah. all the advanced features. But uh, and with, and I know we talked about this a second ago with the Type S. I, I do wish they had like an advance with the uh, a higher performance engine, you know, because I maybe I don't want to look sporty. Maybe I want it to look more premium, and I have like nicer looking stuff. Well, you know? and I think that goes back to just having the Type S be the only option to get that engine, right? I, yeah. I think there should be something else there. I know that complicates it, and, and you know they're very. Keep it simple, you yeah. know, black and white uh, brand, but it is, it's a luxury brand. So sometimes having that flexibility and those right. different things. And I think having know. those options, if people see, hey, you know, maybe I, it just gives, I think, I know less options is better. There's a whole study that said, you know, there are people that chose an ice cream place with 30 options and then other people that chose the ice cream place with two options. The satisfaction were higher with people that had two options. Right. So I do understand that philosophy of it, but I think when shopping for a car, you're you're spending a lot of money, so you're gonna want to try to get what you want to get. And with Acura, if you did want to add like a heated steering wheel, and I know we talked about this the other day, you know, some people feel like they're getting kind of nickeled and dimed in some ways because, okay, it's seven hundred dollars for a heated steering wheel, it's X, you know, two hundred dollars for all season mats, whereas like. If that's a package, even if you're paying for it on the window sticker, you've accepted that. Right, you feel like it's yeah. part of the vehicle and it's not being added to it. Yeah. No, I and definitely definitely get that. Well, uh, speaking of standard content, I do like some of the things that they've added as standard content yeah. in there. One being the pano roof. I mean, I don't know that there's another manufacturer that includes a pano roof as standard equipment. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. hands out. Like I don't, I don't even know of one. Yeah, and that's something that like I know with our standard models or base models, and this goes from the base on up, like that's the first thing I start with with everyone I talk to is like have, you know, you're going to be looking, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're getting, all these cars are going to include the features that you might come to expect out of a luxury brand. So heated seats, leather, you know, panoramic moonroof, blind spot indicator now, yep. which is a huge, that, they added that in 2022. So 
I, that was super awesome. In fact, the base model is, is fine by me. You know, that's something where... So you can go... I mean, and they've yeah. got some detail on that, too, with some of the things. And I know we, we always focus on what's not there, right? But mm. the the wireless charger. Yep. Wireless, wireless charger. charger. Wireless I mean, I just, Apple I just spent $400 on a wireless <laughs> charger, right? It's, it's included. Wireless Apple CarPlay, wireless yep. Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. A rear camera washer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I right. mean, like, so, yep. you know, just some of the little things that you, that we take for granted because it's there. Yeah. Is with standard equipment. It's not stuff that you have to really move up to get. Right. Exactly. And that's something that uh, I think as far as a salesperson, hanging my hat on that is great because you don't feel like, hey, I have to spend. And I know we just talked about the packages, so I want more stuff. But I think you still get, those are like the main luxury amenities that I think you would expect to come standard on the vehicle that you, you shouldn't have to pay extra for. Um, and I know the argument always comes in when people are comparing other brands. We're like, well, I'm spending, you know, 55000 or more on this car that should have all that stuff. I'm like, and then so we end up saying, well, that's, you know, part of what you're paying for is the, the build quality, the, the, the performance of the vehicle you know, the styling, all that stuff kind of goes into it. So yeah, like you might not have as many features and we'll get more to this, but the standard stuff is nice to have. You can't get, you know, it's not like a Kia comes standard with leather, right? All the other brands come, you know, a, a lower trim levels cloth, right? So it's, you know. Um, seating, they did a nice job, I think, with the seating. That That is, yeah. that is again, that depends on the person, right? The buyer of what they want. So you, yep. there's no one size that fits all. And I think they did a nice job trying to compromise that removable middle seat, making the ability to have the captain's chairs walk through, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, having that ability. They, so they, I think they did a great job there. The downside is I think they forgot a couple things. I know. <laughs> I just saw you wrote this down too. I'm like, so if you're looking at an MBX, I, and again, I'm not trying to keep you from buying or not buying it, but you know, there's this one little thing where they're just not armrest if you remove the middle seat. Yeah, that so that middle seat folds down. <laughs> yeah. It gives you cup holders and, and kind of a place which to rest nice. your arm for the, yeah. for the people, which is nice. But if you take that out because you want that pass-through to the rear yeah. or that space, then you just fall out of the chair if you turn yeah, to the Yeah, if you're, if you're going toward the center, sure there's nothing stopping in. there, stopping you from going, falling into the center. Which I think center, that's a, it's a pretty easy, like, fix. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 there could even be an aftermarket option. If yeah. you've already bought one and if you've done that, let us know. <laughs> no, just, right. just screw it in there and like call it a day. It, it doesn't have to be anything even nice. I mean, no, I mean, skinny, my van, I have a Honda Odyssey and they're gonna, like literally like an I was going to say those ones on the, yeah. on the Hondas are, are as my small of armrests <laughs> as you could get, but it's something, right? So yeah. it's a place for it's rest something. Arm, it's yeah, like, well, you're keeps not you kind of yeah, seat. keeps you in the seat for sure, and I think that's a big part of that. Um, I will say seats, though, comfort, comfort-wise, they're phenomenal, and yeah. that's something that the MDX has always had is super comfortable seats. Um, there's one thing I wish that they couple things is the range of motion on the seat. Our TLX had the really nice thigh extenders, right? They've kind of gone away from that. In fact, now you have to go all the way up to an advanced package just to get, to get the 16-way yeah. power seats, just to get the thigh extension or even the side bolstering. I'm not necessarily saying that's the case. Maybe it would be nice to have it in the lower trim level, but I think you know having those extra things or even when it can go out, make it go out a little further. Like Again, that's a nitpick, but you know. I do, I do like the seating comfort. Now in this class, I think people do expect a comfortable seat, um, but I know just across our campus here are different brands. I mean, Seats have, are shrinking fast in cars, and they are becoming <laughs> way less comfortable. Right. And so I, I still really appreciate the, the seat in the MDX. Yeah, it's just absolutely. Hands down. 
And there's one other thing, I think maybe it's with a package thing, but uh, massaging seats, I kind of wish they had them on the advanced package, not necessarily. I agree, and I, I think we might see that in a, in a mid-model refresh. Yeah. I, I think. Now, unless they're having a hard time sourcing the chips to run the seats. Or <laughs> hard time parts. sourcing the yeah. people that push on your back. Yeah, when you're, the little yeah. massaging <laughs> people in, in the seat. <laughs> right. Um, second row heated seats, I know I talked about it as part of a package, but again, talking about the seating, uh, I, again, I almost wish that would, that was something that you could find throughout. And again, going back to different brands, there are some other brands that that kind of you see that way more frequently than just in the highest <laughs> trim level. <laughs> Easy there, I know. I get choked up about it too. It's just horrible. Well, um, so second row heated seats. <laughs> I I know, and this is this is I one mean, of those, this is one of those. I, I where's Matt, the, where's Matt, the list? <laughs> Matt speaks of it as in the terms of uh, you know it's feedback from customers, right? This is something that the, they want, something you want. Yeah. I, I'm I'm okay if no vehicle ever had second row heated seats. <laughs> I'm, it's not that I want to torture those rear passengers, but usually in this case, I mean the demographics, it, they're children, they're kids. Most sure. of them are probably in car seats even. Right, and they won't be able to. Feel and they won't even feel, feel like heated seat. seat, right? And I don't know that they care a whole lot right. whether the, it has heated seats. And so I'm I'm a proponent. Like I don't know that it doesn't add any value. Matter of fact. I think my wife's car had them for six years. Oh, and, yeah. And I don't yep. think we ever pushed a button. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah I know some people get caught up on, on things like that. And I get it. It's because it's a luxury vehicle. You, you kind of would maybe expect that. And I think that's where you're coming from. Yeah. On that. Yeah. I wouldn't get caught up on that. For sure. Yeah. And we have a list of stuff here that, like, you know, what customers think they might want out of a car, uh, out of this car. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're like, yeah, this, you know, you don't need that stuff. Um, third row vents, again, this is a creature comfort thing with regards to the seating and with regards to a lot of other brands having stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of ways I've seen those incorporated in a car, you know, whether it be on the side yeah. or in the, in the yeah. roof. Now, obviously, you have the panel roof, so it takes up space for that. Yeah. But, um, that is a little thing that yeah they could they could have found a way to right just incorporate they could be the worst ones ever I don't care just any any type of airflow I think is important for that third row um, but yeah I think that's as far as comfort goes overall though the MDX is a very comfortable vehicle the ride is super comfortable obviously if you go with the Type S it has the air ride um, but anyway it's it's a, it is a super comfortable car as far yeah as and so let's touch on that I think the models I will say and I I'm a I'm not a proponent of of adjustable or air ride system. Suspensions. Like yeah. I don't like them at all. Right. I actually hate the way they feel, and doesn't matter the brand. You name the brand, doesn't matter. Yeah. Nobody. I don't think anybody does it well. Um, so I actually prefer the ones without it, and that's same with RDX as well. I prefer the the regular natural suspension. Right. Now I know people get caught up again back to the luxury. They feel that it should have those. Well, should and really, do you really want it? Are are different things. Right. Right. Yeah. And if you care about how the car drives versus not care how it drives. I mean, right. I think that's, and there's a lot of, I mean, that adds a lot of cost. I mean, if you're planning on owning that car yeah. for a long time and well, that's the other side of it. It doesn't <laughs> so, matter of, of the brand, <laughs> you know, the replacement pieces, parts for any type of adjustable or air suspension yep. are out of this world. Like, and if, if you've had one, you probably aren't looking for another vehicle with it. Right. I, I will say that there is, it's hmm. dreadful. It's dreadful. It's dreadful how much they cost to, right. re, to repair or replace. <laughs> so as, uh, Oh, uh, the next thing I wanted to, we didn't get a chance to talk about the technology in the car, and I think that's... Yeah, so let's let's yeah. talk about the elephant in the room. Which elephant? The little elephant, that uh, the little touchpad elephant? <laughs> or, or the lack of the big touchpad <laughs> elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Time out. <Yeah. laughs> I was choking on the teeth. 
All right. We're back. Justin's We're okay. Back. He's alive. Um, so as far as, yeah, the screen, so the screen is great. Uh, the, you know, the huge screen, it's an awesome screen to have. Um, was it 12 and a half oh. inches? It's not a touch screen. You have to use the touchpad. And, and again, this is a kind of a pain point thing for people as far as that goes. I have no problem with it. I made a whole video about it and how easy it is to kind of use. Should they make it a touch screen as well? Probably. Probably. I think Acura has to get <laughs> over their design of the touchpad. Yeah. The touchpad is a great, um, I want to say, a complement to the screen. Sure, because you're not like it's... You know. It's far away. You shouldn't be reaching over and touching it, licking yeah. it like you want to with your phone. <laughs> right. It's not a a touchscreen in a car. By the way, is not an extension of your phone. It's not a place where you should read Facebook and do yeah. all different things and sure. play games. It drives me nuts. It you know BMW's <laughs> advertising the the games that you can download to your car. Look, if I see you driving a BMW and somebody's playing a game, I might personally run you off the road. Like that, that drives me nuts. Like you don't play games when you're driving. Absolutely. Like, right? And Tesla's so, kind of like that too. They have like right. the fireplace yeah. and all this yeah. other stuff. No, no, no. There, no. So. Focus on driving. Don't yeah. worry about touching the screen. Yeah. Like focus on the driving. Do we Put have your phone that as in one your of pocket things? and don't touch. Well, so, but the touch screen, I think a lot, the challenge with a lot of people don't understand how to use the touch pad, right? Yes. They think it's a mouse. Yep. Because Lexus, I think, had a mouse for yeah. many years. And oh, yeah. I don't know if they changed that or not. I think they did change it. BMW had an iDrive, which was the same thing, except it was yeah. on the circle. And, and there was a mouse. This is this touchpad is a complement to a touch screen. It's Correct. literally the same. But I still think they should have both. I think they should have a touch screen because, A, it's just people can't get over the fact that they can't touch the screen. Yeah. It's one of those little things that like, it's low value or low cost to a manufacturer, yeah. in my opinion, but it's high value to a customer, right? Yeah. It, it kills, you know, as a salesperson, if you're in sales or anything like that, you know there's these little objections that people come up with. And I know sometimes they're excuses, but sometimes they're like legitimate things that people just can't get over because, and I understand, you know, we understand where people are coming from because we all have that kind of thing. But and kind of talking about screens or touchpads, you know, you should buy a car because you love the car, not because it has some big screen or not because you can't necessarily learn the touchpad right away. It really is one of those things with any car. There's a learning curve to any car. It's really not one of those things that I would I would say, hey, don't buy the car because it has a touchpad. Well, I think so. what you'd find is with the touchscreen, having the touchpad, if they had both, I think what it would you would learn that the touchpad actually is easier for most times when you're driving. It's, yeah. not, it's not easier to touch the screen. Right. Um, and I think what also you find in people get trapped in, they think that the bigger the screen, the more yep. functions on the screen, the better. And the, they, they proved that with the last generation MDX that it's not. People don't like climate control, a lot of radio operation. Yep. They don't like that stuff on a touch screen. Yeah, and the Outback is a big offender of that. And the Outback <laughs> is a huge offender of that, right? Yeah. So you have to, you have to touch menus and places to get mm -hmm. places and you, functions aren't easy with right. touch screens because that's just how touch screen, right. that's how it's set up. Right? And I appreciate the design with the with Acura's screen because it's a kind of a minimalist design. It really is. There you have the screen and they try to put less less stuff on the screen as much as possible. Sure. So I think when it comes to that stuff and I know the touchpad is one of those things that like what people dislike about the car, it, it's a pain point for people but I, this is one of those things I would not let it be a pain point. Let's one of us walk you through it myself. I made a video on all that stuff. So if you're, again, if you're considering an, an actor in general, but the MDX, yeah, the, I wouldn't let that. So we, we do agree with you. <clears throat> yep. uh, Touchscreen probably yep. should just be put in and call it a day. Um, they do with the sister brand. Why not this one? 
you know, give you both. Uh, next one that comes up, you know, somewhat is surround view camera is uh, not standard on it. You do have to move up to the upper trims. I mean, I'm not gonna, I, I, you know my take on that. I, I don't care for a surround yeah. view camera. If you have one, you like it, yeah. good for you. I'm not a fan of them. I, 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 I think it really plays with my head. I'd rather use the mirrors <laughs> and the backup camera. I sure. do like, I will say, I do like a front camera though. And I think that, that would be an alternative if they don't want to put a surround yeah. view camera. Something, I mean, we do have parking in sensors in all, the, all these yeah. packages, which I think help a lot. And again, th these are one of those, that's one of those things that's like, I, I think that would be a, a lot of cost to a manufacturer to put all that stuff. You know, the other side of it too is, and people, they hit their mirrors all the time. And if you don't know where these cameras are mounted, there are two, one under each mirror for the surround view cameras. And you know, Front and back, one yeah, that's gonna mirror, cost yeah. some money if you hit the garage, side of your garage with your mirror. You know, so just Well, keep... and that's, you know, as we go back to more content and more stuff, you know, everything you add, you know, if you if you, if you have intention of keeping a vehicle past mm. a warranty, yep. it just gets, everything gets really expensive as yeah. far as replacement. And just like Matt said, a mirror, which might have been a couple hundred bucks before, now you add a camera to it. And it and <laughs> a thousand it, bucks, yeah, I think. Yeah, now, now you double more. or triple the cost yeah. of that mirror. And, you know, I, I think they bring up a great point. People just don't think about that stuff. They just... You know, and especially if you have it and you just want it because you think you should have it mm -hmm. versus you actually like how it, it works. Right. You know. Um, the one last thing with regarding the technology, uh, I, I love that they made it a digital dash. There's a couple of gripes oh, I have with yeah. it, um, which, again, I, I'm super appreciative that Accurate did that. I think other brands already had that. They needed to kind of be on board with that, which they did. I do wish there was more adjustments or customizations on the on the screen. There's really only two you know, as far as like what information you want um, or how it looks. And then the other thing was, you know, there's no map. You know, I know Audi and, and I think, I don't know if BMW does it, but Audi has, you know, they call it their, uh, what they call it, virtual cockpit. You know, maybe that would be kind of cool to have that. I've seen like the new Accord, they have pictures where they show the map on the one screen. So I agree but. with you in the in the adjustment. <clears throat> I think there, if you have a digital display, you should yeah. have offer a lot of different looks of how mm -hmm. you want that laid out yep. w without a doubt. Um, and why not? It it's, doesn't cost you anything more other than designing that so the yeah, screen, the software, right? Yeah, sure. Design the screen. As far as information, I don't know. I want to see a whole lot more information. That is a just a, uh, a selling the sizzle, in my opinion, yeah. with the navigation there mm -hmm. because it is literally the same navigation that's showing on your screen. What else are you going to put on your screen that you need to see that you have navigation running in both? Matter of fact, I was just in a BMW and an Audi, both same thing. So okay. you have the same information on both screens. I think it's overkill. I don't know that I'd rather look down at the gauges to see that information versus looking kind of up. Right. Up. Right. But... I guess that's just from always looking at the screen over there and not having it, so I don't know. I don't know it's necessary, but I do agree with you. That's probably a thing that, you know, it's a, kind of a wow feature, and then people like wow things, and yeah. if they're getting, you know, well, look what my car does, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think, you know, as far as, I think we covered quite a bit, obviously, with that stuff. I, I do want to talk about what we'll be here just real quickly. Yeah, let's um, go through before it gets too late here. But anyway, so I know we talked a little bit about surround view camera. These these are kind of topics that come up with people as they come in and say, hey, it doesn't have this, I wish it had it, yep. or you know, pain points there. The touchscreen or the lack of thereof, that was one we talked about, surround view camera. Uh, power folding rear seats. This is one of those things, and the, some of these things are gonna be things that people think they have to have, and then, you know, I get it. There might be convenient in some ways, but I think at the end of the day, you don't want them. 
Um, our seats are manual seats in the third row. Super quick and easy to put down and up. You never have to worry about whether or not they're going to break. Right, right. And those things add weight to the vehicle. I mean, they're just thing, expenses, yeah. and they add weight to the vehicle, yep, right? Exactly. I, I never found these to be hard to put up or down. <laughs> or, and ever found a situation where I, I wish that there's yeah. a button. Trust me, most of those, if you played with them, they're kind of, I mean, they kind of take a minute. Like, like, like my patience would run out and I'd be irritated. About <laughs> you're like it. trying to like put it's like, not a, a benefit, like a, right. some lumber in or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> as, as I'm waiting for my seat to go down. Right. So, so I, don't, I don't, those aren't a hot button for me, but I understand that's that category, people kind of think that it should be a yeah, thing. Yeah, and I'll skip this one for now, but I'll go come back to it. But the kick gate, um, since we're back at the end of the car, you know, that's a, does it have a foot gate? And I, I know why people say that. They went somewhere else and someone said, hey, you have the, the foot gate. What a right. sizzly fit feature. Yeah. And I, I have it on my van. I've used it this many times. Um, the number I'm holding up is zero because it's just not convenient. And a lot of times people don't know how to use it properly, even if you show them. So I would not you thought that. Well, it is available on yeah, the upper trim. It is. And you and can add you it. You can add it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come standard. standard. And like to Matt's point, I, I people don't use it. I yeah. mean, there probably might be some out there that might, but the, most people don't. I think Acura have been smarter to come up with their own version of something like that that's not a kick gate. But, right. But I know that's a that's something that people do ask about. Um, I'll bring this one up now just because it's there. The premium fuel. This is a common one. We did have a whole video that people have got pretty upset about on YouTube. There's some, you know, the premium fuel issue is it. I, I would just tell you it. Just don't make it an issue. Um, yeah, well, you know. as gas prices go up, it becomes more of an issue, and I under, I understand it's it yeah. gets more expensive, but, sure. but it is also a luxury vehicle, and there's, you know, the performance out of that vehicle is based on that premium fuel. You don't have to use it; you can sacrifice that performance and go with with the lower grade. It's optional. Yep. Long term, I I think I would go with the premium fuel. That's what the engineers recommend. If cost is an issue, then you know, that's then. I don't, I, A, I don't think it should make it or break it whether you buy the car because you're not, if you just do the calculation, I don't think what you're saving is worth driving a car you don't want or you're yeah. settling for. Sure. Because of that. Because of that. Because if you bought a car that was, you know, let's use the Lexus RX for an example because it's in that class and Lexus touts that. And I think it might be one of their only cars that doesn't require they like, it for that reason. They like reason. make it a point to say that. And But if you spend more to get the Lexus so you don't have to use premium fuel, is it? Is that saving you anything? Right. And you and did you sacrifice because you you said, well, it doesn't require it, so I'm going to take this car instead. And like, it's like uh, you know you don't require to eat eggs, but uh, you're still going to buy the eggs, and they're super expensive right now. Right. So <laughs> the point is that like you know, it you're buying an expensive car. I'm going to be honest. Just put the good stuff in it. Right. I, I have a $30,000 car. I've only put premium fuel on it because that's what the engineers recommend, not the manufacturer or dealership. But anyway, oh boy. Yeah, um, I, you should probably <clears throat> skip the luxury category because other than the RX, I think they all require it. Yeah. And I, you should probably skip that category if that's just a hot button of yours. Yeah. And whether we like that whole thing or not, it just it is what it is. That's how they design the car and that's what they... Um, and some of the other things, you know, this the heated wheel or the remote start, this goes back to the packages. I know remote start, they, this is kind of a little bit of a gripe of mine too. They, if you had a tech package up to 2020, it came with a remote start. Right. It doesn't now. They kind of have migrated to using an app, which is a great app. And now with the 23s and newer, you do get three years of that app. So 
I, I appreciate that they do that they did that, but I'm like, yeah, don't take that away from people. Like, yeah, kinda... I think it's a little thing, and I think that's where it goes back <laughs> to. Uh, I'm getting this vehicle, and I'm not getting this because you buy a lot of inexpensive vehicles or you know less costly vehicles. A lot of them have remote start now as standard, we hear that and so I think that that just eats away at people a little bit when they when they buy a vehicle of this caliber and they don't get remote start. It's a nickel and dime kind yeah. of thing. Now, to be fair, um, one of my family members just got an Audi Q8. And guess what it does? It, I think it was $110,000. Holy cow. Comes with how many remote starts? Comes with zero because it's an Audi and they don't have remote starts. Wow. So you can go spend a lot of money a car. It doesn't mean that you're going to get it. You're going to get it. So maybe Acura was a little ahead of us on, on that yeah. thing, right? Maybe yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a domestic. You know, that's one of those things when clients come in, if they've had a domestic product, that they just throw that on everything. Um, that's part of their shtick. Right. <laughs> it just right. is. Just, just give them. Give yeah. Them just give them a remote them more, start. Right. Uh, and heated wheel is kind of one of those things too. Again, that's. People was like, well, it should have heated wheel at this price point. I get it. Just add it. It's seven hundred dollars. Yeah, it's expensive. If you look at it on its own, if you add, you know, if you had a fifty thousand dollar car, you add seven hundred dollars. It's now fifty thousand seven hundred. <laughs> well, but see, that doesn't bother me as much. Right. I get it that there's people that that want the heated wheel and say it should came with the heated wheel. But think of all the people that don't want it and they don't have to pay for it, yeah, right? Because absolutely. Acura could easily make a car. Start at fifty thousand seven hundred yep. with the heated wheel included, <laughs> right. and it's... everybody would pay for it no matter what. If you're listening to us from Florida, you probably don't, haven't used your heated wheel very much, nor yeah. it would have made more sense if you just saved the money and it wasn't part of the car, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I just don't know that it's for everybody, and I think that same thing when sometimes when it comes to all-wheel drive, that's the stick, and I think that's you know why Acura still makes some front-wheel drive models is yeah. there's people elsewhere that yeah. never aren't going to use it that don't right. want to pay for it. Yeah, right? they try to cater to a, a larger audience and I think other brands don't. They, they that's why they have so many different options because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to cater to individual people as opposed to the masses. Um, and then the other, you know, the, some of the issues that we've seen that people come back with is you know, screen issues or some some software issues. I haven't seen like a ton of that, but we have seen, at least in my uh, world, I've seen, you know, screens that go out and they have, you know, have to replace a couple things. So I, I'm hoping as the years go, goes on, and this is probably true of a lot of brands, but as the years have gone on, I think that they are trying to cl like clear up some of those problems. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we keep in mind as we get into more technology and newer cars and more stuff, right? Everybody wants more stuff. Yep. So as you add more stuff, they're software related and yep. you now have tons of we don't get back in the chip conversation but tons of <laughs> computing power in that vehicle and so software issues become more of a issue than actual mechanical problems and i think when you get with the invitation systems there's some software bugs sometimes oh yeah now what acura has done and what a lot of manufacturers have done is now they're able to update these vehicles wirelessly yeah. or you know through oh, wi-fi over, air, or over yeah. there mm -hmm. updates to fix and correct issues as they as they can and, yeah. and can put out feeds for them. And they have, they've done a lot for both the MDX and the RDX. Yep. And hopefully that's addressed a lot of these problems. I would say a lot of them, because I don't know that I, you've had a couple and I don't know that I've yeah, seen it's any been, others. It's, it really has been, I would say less than like, for sure less than 5%, maybe in like the one to 2%. Yeah, I mean, I remember so. the one of the screen that kept having problems and problems and problems. And finally we replaced the screen, finally. And they found out that the one clip wasn't clipped in all the way. I mean, you, you just narrowed down to, <laughs> right. it was a literally a, a human error of not yeah. clipping in the, yeah. the 
clip as much as it, you know, for the wiring yeah. harness. And yep, it's all it's stupid stuff like that. So again, it's a phenomenal car for your if it is in the category. You know, we want to talk real quick about the competitive comparisons because you know there's obviously other brands out there and they all make you know they all make really great cars. It's hard to buy a new car nowadays and have it be like, well, this car sucks because most of them are pretty nice. But uh, you know, as far as that go, you know, as far as the luxury category goes, and I'm going to say 50k and above. You know, we have the Lexus RX 350 and the 350L, which that car yeah. can... So real quick on that, the yeah. Lexus RX probably the biggest competitor, yeah. being that it never had a third row seat until they came yeah. out with the L version. A couple years and ago. And that is the comparable, ago. comparable vehicle to the MDX. Right. Um, the Infiniti QX60, which I, I don't know what happened to that car. I haven't had anyone recently come and talk about that car, but obviously that's the other... Well, I think it went out. I think they did redesign that <laughs> yeah. car, and I have not heard... Oh, any, they did redesign it. I that's have right. not heard a whole lot since then, but it is comparable. And yep. Infinity, when they came out with the QX60 originally, which wasn't called the QX60, I think it was... The, the JX35 JX35, or something. yeah. Was really a twin to the MDX in every dimension and <laughs> every way. They, they really copied... Right, uh, Acura's formula on that, which is compliments to Acura. I think that's a yeah. You know, way and I think at that point people had already bought their MDX and they're like, well, I'm just going to stick with what I like. So I think that's where the Infinity kind of lies behind. We don't. That's one that we don't hear a lot of. The biggest one is the the Guinness, Guinness, the Genesis, the Genesis GV80. You know, obviously Genesis with the whole Hyundai conversation, they've kind of they've they've pushed themselves pretty hard. And if you look at that car, it's it looks nice. I mean, it's a nice looking car. I think. Um, there, there's pros and cons to every car, and I think uh, dollar-wise, I think you actually get a better value in the MDX now when you start yeah. comparing packages and, right. and engines. Um, but that's a great competitor to yeah. the MDX. Obviously, no uh, history there behind that car, and that's one thing I'd be cautious of. We don't know. We don't know what resale is going to look like. We don't yeah. know what long-term reliability is going to look like. We don't know any of that stuff because it's new. Right. But they did a great job with the looks and the design. Yeah. We have not yeah. driven one, so like yeah. we're talking from a place of like haven't really seen one. But um, the other thing too is like it's a rear wheel dr rear drive platform, and yes. I think to get all wheel drive, you have to go pretty high in the trim levels just to get that. Um, yeah, and I think the standard engine is the four cylinder. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. That's so. That's the other thing too. So. I, you know, that's where the Acura kind of shines is the, the standardization of those features. Um, the Volvo XC90, man, that's been one that I haven't heard a lot of recently either. Well, you know, again, so. I, I don't think that vehicle's changed a lot <laughs> yeah. since they, they came out with it. And they did some really nice changes to it when it came out. And then it's gotten kind of uh, older and stale and yeah. over time. Still a great tooth. vehicle. Mm -hmm. I think it still has a lot to offer there. But I think dollar-wise, it also has creeped up in price. Yeah. So you get comparable equipment. You're going to be spending a little bit more. Yeah. And then you start to look at, obviously, overall ownership costs and long-term reliability. It, it can get expensive. Yeah. But it is a great vehicle. Yeah, very comparable. Good-looking car, for sure. Yeah. And obviously, the luxury class, they all look really great. It's it's hard to take that away. Except I think the Infinity kind of looks like the Pathfinder. Now, I remember that redesigned well, it. It looks just like... Well, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, the the I would say the biggest one that Acura competes with are the, some of these other brands. You know, Whether it be the Kias, the Hyundais, the Toyota Highlander... The Forerunner, the Pilot. Well, because so. I think what happens is the price point of the of the Acura is just a little bit above those, yeah. and people go, "Well, if I'm going to look at one of those, I'm going to look at one of these." Um, the benefit that you get with with a Telluride or the Palisade of, of those brands is, is you're going to be at the high end, so you, you're going yeah. to get maximum content for that for that kind of similar dollar. <laughs> right. So, and I think that's what trips people up a little bit, yeah. and they have to spend even more on the MDX. So Absolutely. They're, you know that that's. 
this is, yeah, and that's exactly what happens, right? So you have people that are, you know, Acura just sits above some of those brands in terms of price point, and they sit just below the other luxury brands, so we're kind of like this Goldilocks area, which I guess can be just right for a lot of people, but, you know, you get a lot of content in the Telluride and the Hyundai, so when you look at a calligraphy um, Hyundai Palisade, it's, uh, I think it's like $55,000, and then, you know, you look at an MDX, and it's, you know, 58 grand for a tech package, and the Palisade, I'm pretty sure has you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this, Justin. It has third row heated seats. Did you know me. that? I did not. I did not. <laughs> so, <laughs> but again, selling selling the sizzle. Yeah. Like, who's well, sitting in the third row that absolutely gonna have a warm butt? Yeah, but you know, but, going back to what you know what people say, you know, that's that's what you hear. So, <laughs> and you know, so that brings up a good point. Well, that that's a show that we should have sometime because we talk about how's that how's that stack up. So. What happens when you buy the most expensive of that brand versus sure. you know a normal yeah. vehicle in a luxury brand or what have you? Right. You know, I they used to all, the adage in real estate used to be you should never buy the most expensive house in the neighborhood. Is it hold true with a car? Oh, you should never okay. buy the most expensive model <laughs> yeah. in the lineup. I didn't. I I don't know. That's a I good don't point. Know. We'll, have to, we'll have to dig into some of that research. Right. Highlander, <laughs> uh, definitely a vehicle that people shop. Yep. Again, that's a sister to the RX, but uh, it, it has comes with that third row seat. Yeah. I think so. But everybody kind of puts that on their list. And, and captain these captive it has nice captive chairs, and it's funny because like you would say, and someone that says, "Hey, I'm looking at a Highlander too," I usually say, "Well, the Pilot's more of the one you should consider there." Sure. But I think the Highlander does have a little bit. Um, it's a little nicer on the inside. Oh, you I know, think so too. I think they yeah. really try to. You know, Toyota has done a good job of focusing on you know the creature comforts as well as like the ride quality. And Toyota has the reliability that maybe the Kia Telluride or the Hyundai just doesn't. You know, and so it. it makes it a hard comparison obviously the mdx is more expensive so that's where you know that the price range on the on these cars the highlander or the pilot starts at 35 and i only bring that up because i know those have cloth and they're decontented but now they go up to 50 and you know 50 just over fifty thousand dollars um and then the pilot just got redesigned or the forerunner too yeah the biggest thing with the forerunner is it's like a truck um, yeah. So and I think you, that one is a, is a very different. It's, it's a little more of a niche because yeah, it's it's a truck and it yeah. drives, still drives like a truck. And it I does. think that's what that's the point of it though. Yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah, people yeah. want that type of vehicle. And so if you're looking at a Forerunner, MDX isn't the right comparison. But I will tell you, if you're look, if you are comparing them, the MDX is the better choice there. I will say, well, a reason I reason why I put it on the list mm. is because I don't know that they're shopped a whole lot, but we do take a lot of Forerunners in on trade. Absolutely. So it's a, if you're in a Forerunner. Yeah. It could be on the next list. Like I, I don't know point. why that happens, but I, I think people realize they want something more comfortable, and they don't want another Toyota. I and think that literally be, that's what happens. Might, and there's very, and the other thing too, and I, I know we didn't talk about this, but like engine variants, you know, the MDX has the V6, so some of these cars don't have a V6 anymore, right? That is something that uh, like the even some of like the Genesis, like you said, it has the four cylinder turbo, and even and the, the Volvo, Volvo yeah. four cylinder turbo supercharged. But you know, that's that's part of that genre. The Pilot. You know, people, we have a Honda store here, so it's kind of, it feels like a natural progression for a lot of people where they say, hey, I've had a Pilot, but I want something a little nicer. Pilot's a phenomenal car. It's definitely more utilitarian. I know they just redesigned it. looks great. A um, little, little more rugged, a little more off-roady. So I think that's the biggest distinction between those two cars is that the MDX just, it has a better feel. So, and and, and we'll, we'll try to wrap things up, but so a lot of people ask, What's the difference yeah. between that pilot and the MDX? Is it is it just a you know where, where's that evolution come from? And you know this is one of those 
you got to get in both vehicles yourself and see what the difference is because the difference to you might not be much depending on what you feel sure. is of value. Right. See, as we talk about a lot of these features, sometimes features are value to the people. Yep. So people like myself, and I know Matt falls a little bit more in this category too, and I don't want to speak for him, but, yeah. but how the vehicle drives to me is more important than the feature. You can't add another button and make me happy if it doesn't <laughs> right. drive good. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so for a lot of people, the button's more important than how that vehicle drives. Right. And so that's what's really going to separate things like the Pilot, pilot and the Highlander versus the MDX right. is, is the drive of the vehicle, the quietness, and then the materials, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You talk about sure. the seat, like the seat. <clears throat> First thing you notice when you get a new Pilot, it's a very similar vehicle. It has a lot of similarities because they redesigned the Pilot <laughs> yeah. off the MDX yeah. platform. A lot of similarities. But I noticed that seat right away and I go, wow. Did this seat shrink? Yeah. It's like they took the MDX seat, put it in a dryer, <laughs> wrapped some some yeah. cheaper yeah. looking leather on it, and it just so you, those are the little things you notice. If you don't care about those little things, then you should be looking at some of these other brands. Because yeah. that's, that's exactly what you pay for in a right. luxury car. A little better performance, all wheel yeah. drive system is a little bit different. And again, those are those little things that you have to decide what's what are those things that are the most important to you. And the last one I have in this list, which you know, we don't we have a Mazda store here, so it, it felt like it was going to be more of a comparison, but the Mazda CX9 and you know, I know like you were saying your wife, she kinda poo-pooed the Mazda right away. And I think that's still that the Mazda still has that stigma of I don't know if it's because they were, you know, with Ford for such a long time or whatever that might be, but you know, the CX9 or now the 90 that's coming out, if you haven't seen it, it looks super nice and I think it it's trying to compete directly with Acura in a lot of ways. Yeah, so. and uh, like we saw some of the features <laughs> and stuff. And they've pretty much taken the uh, playbook out of the MDX and said, "Okay, we're going to make this yeah. our own yep. and maybe improve upon different things in certain areas and um, so it's definitely a contender. It's definitely out there not to be, I wouldn't be afraid of it and definitely look at it. And maybe if you look at a pilot or a Highlander and you say, it's just not nice enough, maybe that's a great vehicle that's going to fit right in between. Right. Or even the MDX. And that's, that's funny, you know, even a low price point MDX is, is nice. So, but you know, that's what, and we have a Mazda store here, so it's kind of cool. Now it's the other, the other uh, vehicle we never hear comparisons about is Subaru and I, the, the Ascent with the, with the MDX. It's like you would think that would be the case. You just never hear anything about no, it. And I don't know if that's the, the people that, you know, the Subaru, the loyalty to the Subaru yeah. brand. On the other side of that is Ascend sales probably haven't been what Subaru thought they'd be. You know, yeah. at least for years that they needed a, a, a third row SUV <laughs> right. and they have it. And all of a sudden, eh, yeah, I was excited. And I know we've taken a couple in on trade. Some people replace them with MDXs thinking that, well, it is nice, and then they got it, and it wasn't what they thought it would be. And that has, yeah. that has, that has a four-cylinder as well. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so really great stuff here. Justin, that was, I really enjoyed that. So I think uh, hopefully you guys did too. So if you guys had any you know, questions or if you enjoyed that type of stuff, let us know because we can just stop right there and never do another one like that. Right. <laughs> we can right. make more. But. Yeah, and hopefully you saw what we liked and disliked about it. Not just you know we're not we're not trying to sell you. Matter of fact, I'm mean, hopefully we're directing you to the right car right. for you. Yep. Um, and and the MDX you know might be on that list now. Maybe it's not on the list yeah, anymore. Maybe and that's we, okay <laughs> because that's that's exactly what hopefully this information helps you. With. Yeah, providing that right. with you like a little bit of an insider take. And again, we're not afraid to criticize our own brand. Obviously, it makes that brand potentially more healthy in a lot of ways as far as that goes. And 
Yeah, very few cars hit all the right notes yeah. all the time. I will say the total package, and I think that goes back to what we like about the Acura brand, but with the MDX, when you when if there's one car that they've nailed like really well and hit all a lot of the right notes, yep. it's always been the MDX. Yeah. And it's hard it's hard to argue with it. That's yeah. like, every time someone comes in and and looks at one and drives it, I'm like, it's a hard car not to like. Like you have to yeah. force yourself to yeah. find things that you don't like about that car absolutely and again not to oversell it versus something else but i always come back to that it's like oh my gosh I get this. <laughs> and the sad thing about the mdx and i said this obviously through the pandemic or what you know with not having stuff they redesigned this car like at the worst time because <laughs> we went from like the excitement for the car was great and then we just couldn't get them and then we really couldn't get them and yeah, you know, so we've it, it's been out for two years now, mm -hmm. right? Because it came out in December of twenty. Oh, was it December twenty? I think it's December. February, um, early twenty twenty one. Right. Fe early, early, early. It was like February first. That's so. right. You're right. Yeah, but you yeah. know we got two years now, yeah. and you know it's hard to believe it's been out that long because we haven't seen many of them, yeah. right? Until now, I mean, we have our first selection of meaning more than one of MDXs right. available. Yeah. And you're right. I think it, it, two years went by before, and they lost a little bit of the excitement. Yeah, and, and I think people kind of, for, I don't want to say forgot about it. That's not the right word. But I, the people who knew the MDX or were loyal to the Acura or the MDX, they, they knew that what a great job they did. In fact, so many people who drove the old one, compared to the new one, like people came out of the leases, they were, a lot of kids, blown away by the difference that they could feel. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the last point I think yeah. you want to mention is, is the different, you know, they kept a lot of the Acura, what we like about Acura, mm -hmm. but the difference between this generation and the last one is you have to drive it. Yeah. It's not even close. And I think that's what most, I'll, I'm speaking as a customer standpoint, <laughs> right. it's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's completely right. different. And if you dri had an old MDX and you said, well, I, don't, I didn't really care for that, you still need to drive it because it's right. that much different. And the last thing I'm going to say, and I totally forgot, but uh, double wishbone. So anyway, I totally I had that on my oh list. My that I, I, yeah. I don't want to even, no, nope, we're done. Into it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Call double wishbone, is. look it up. It's a great component on the vehicle and make, that's pretty much, that's a huge difference as to why it drives different. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. Uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, let us know. We appreciate everyone who's watching on YouTube or if you're listening in any one of the many platforms that we are on. We appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. We got to get out of here. We got to go. It's, it's time. Getting, the lights are, lights are dimming. Messages. They're telling us to get off stage. <laughs> it's time to, time to go. If there's anything else you want us to change up in the next one, we're going to hit some of the other cars. Let us know. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Have a good night. Damn it. Lisa's gonna be mad. She's gonna be mad. I'm supposed to make the burgers.